Hello, everybody, and this is the... What is this episode? 11th, I think? 11th episode of Charlie's Book Club. And today we are going to be talking about the Battle of the Labyrinth, Percy Jackson. The fourth book in the series, correct? Mm-hmm. How are you liking the series so far? Um, I like it a lot. And, I mean, you must like it because you're already on to the fifth book, right? Yeah, I am. I'm happy. You always there. jump ahead. I'm sorry. We, just haven't, we haven't had time to record. If, we'd have been around, if Mom and Dad would have been around this weekend, we could have recorded. But I know. Yeah. You get pumped. You want to keep moving forward. All right. So so I think for this one, we're not going to do the, the exact same thing as we've done in the past. I think the last one, we kind of walked through too many of the blow-by-blow blow, like plot points. Yeah. And let's get it back to more of like a, a book club and assume that people have read it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we do need to set it up a little bit of like, what's the, what's the big challenge? What's like the overarching like what is happening in this book? What do they need to do? Who are they fighting type of thing? So they are trying to fight. Well, they're kind of like getting ready for a war with um, Luke slash Kronos' um, like army. Mm-hmm. Um, but they found out that they have like this, like there's an entrance to the labyrinth inside of camp. So they have to like find the center and go to Daedalus to find the like string so yep. that Luke can't get it. So Luke can't get to camp. Yeah. So they're kind of in a arms race against Luke of like, they don't want him to get it because they don't want them to be able to control the labyrinth and be able to use it to go anywhere in the world and sneak inside a camp and destroy everything. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, so kind of the labyrinth was a big, it was almost a character itself in the story. Uh, but that is, a little unique and different than the other books in terms of setting. So, like, how was the setting for this one different? And did you like how much of it took place in the labyrinth versus other books where they kind of went around? Well, they still went around the country, but... Yeah, they did went around the country. Um, I liked how... Like, I kind of liked how they were in one spot the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just, like... Yeah, it's just... Well, they're technically not in one spot. They're just, like, in, like, one underground thing. Yeah, I guess in my mind I thought of it as, like, the labyrinth feels like it's the size of a city, but it has, like, portals to all over the world. Does that make sense? Is that how you kind of thought of it? Kind of. I was kind of thinking that, like, they, like, since time goes, like, way faster, I think, like, it feels like you're, when... I was kind of thinking, like, since time goes faster down there, but it doesn't feel faster, when they're, like, walking one, like, foot or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're actually walking, like, more than they think they are. So that's how they get across the country. Because it's going faster, so maybe, like, the distance is faster, too. So, yeah, it's almost like a compression of space-time, where to them, they're perceiving it as, like, yeah, one step and one second per step. But in reality, they're both traveling farther and taking longer than what they're perceiving. Because, like, they went in the first time Percy goes in when they're playing Capture yeah, the Flag or he whatever. Felt like he was in there for like an hour or like a couple minutes, and it ended up being several hours, right? Yeah, he was he was in there for like he felt like thirty minutes, and he was like in there for like, and it was actually in there for like four hours. I'd be interested to see if other people have you know like the people who really get into this if someone has like calculated the either the time 
ratio or the distance ratio of like when they're in there and they thought they're in there for like three days and it ends up being three weeks or whatever. Is it, is it mm -hmm. uh, seven to one or whatever? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, can I say something? Something, um, in all of the books, I feel like there's like always like, um, there's like a time, like thing they have to be by this time, which like makes sense because like if it was like just normal, it would just be. Like, yeah. They could spend five years trying to, yeah, there, there is a lot of them deal with like solstice or a birthday yeah. or whatever. So like it, it adds that like urgency. I feel to like it. at, at the, near the end, they're like, oh, we're making great time. And then they like realize, oh my God, we're so close. Yeah. And then they do it like the day before. Yeah. It, like happens every time. Yeah. That is funny that it, it's kind of a theme that he writes into the books. It's I like kind that. of in the fifth book too. Oh, all right. Well, don't give me any spoilers for that. I haven't even started it yet. Um, okay. So in the labyrinth, they fight a bunch of different people, a bunch of different monsters. What was your favorite or the scariest or what do you think? Um, like the monsters, I, it wasn't like a monster that they fought, but it was like the, um, what's the guy with two faces named? Uh, Janice? Yeah, Janice. I think that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of cool. I thought cool. it was just funny because they were like fighting. Yeah. I thought it was funny because they were like, no, do this door. No, do this door. Like, I, I was trying to think, I think the way it was kind of almost a cut scene because it was something of like Percy seeing um, his brother and Grover in danger. But there was like a big snake that like freaked me out. I think the most of like, mm -hmm. a giant snake that fills a tunnel makes it feel like you can't get by it or like, you know, yeah. that's scary. That's... I, don't, I don't like that thought. I like snakes, but I don't like it when I'm like. The thing about the labyrinth is like, I didn't like how sometimes like it would be like a big tunnel mm -hmm. and it was like uh, like tall and then sometimes it would be smaller. So I would be so scared about that because I don't like small spaces like at all. Yeah, yeah. I saw a documentary or oh a show God, about like people like, doing like cave those diving. Those cave things, those are terrifying. They're like you don't have any space to move, and how do you well, turn around? Well, and this was underwater cave diving, oh so God. you had to like take off your your big air tanks oh and then hold God. them or slide them through the thing and then go through it, and like people can get lost down there and. That seems like an absolute nope. Oh if, my god! If I, if you offered to pay me a million dollars, I would not do I would, that. I would rather go skydiving. Yeah, I think so. I think I would too. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to go skydiving either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd rather. Oh, one part was interesting in um, in one of the chapters. They run into the Sphinx. And, and Anna, oh yes, I love that. And Annabeth and, is super smart, yeah, so I, she's like ready to do the riddles. And I thought I, you I know the it. riddles. Um, some of the riddles, they're like, I would know them if like you gave me the riddle. I would yeah, really like what them. walks on yeah, four legs I've in the morning, one. two legs in the afternoon, yeah, and three legs I know, I've at known night. That one. And then there's like other ones, but but the interesting thing was, so instead of riddles, that like he like just gave it's like, just math. like facts of like uh, test facts, and Annabeth gets super. And she's like answering the questions like all right, and she's like, but wait. Yeah, like kind of mad that that they're just simple facts. Why do you think? Why do you think the author wrote that? Do you think that's like a critique of like modern American education of that it's just like a recitation of facts versus like critical thinking? Or um, I think it's kind of like resident. What's that? What am I trying to say? Um, resident? I don't know. Like, like it reminds you of something, or no? It like, it's like kind of resides at I don't know. 
Just keep saying it. Um, whatever. Um, it's kind of like resembling um, how in like they're like changing everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like the in the past it was like so different, and now they're just making things like so different. Yeah, it's like a standardization yeah. almost of that's what it made me because like it even says like she need, you need to fill these out on a sheet where you fill in the bubble thing oh so that way God. I can be tested on it and we can qualify and that 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 struck me as a interesting thing especially for the audience that it's written for which is your age of like kids who have to take a bunch of state tests where you just have to know things and it doesn't seem like you can know all those things but you could be a completely helpless person who's not who just read and remembers versus like being able to critically think and come up with interesting ideas of your own or problem solve in yeah. real life. So, so I thought that was an interesting part and I was waiting to hear I, what your thoughts were. I wish they had like tests on, um, on like a, I know they have like, what would you do? And then there's like options. Like I would be likely to help this person. I'm not saying like that. I'm saying like you have a problem and it's like a real life problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And you got to like, actually like write what you would do or like yeah i like or like just like facts about life not facts about like that'll be interesting i and i think what it comes down to is and i think a lot of teachers would like that too you should actually ask your teacher i think they would like that too but then the hard thing is is when you have to grade that like because if we didn't need grades i think it would be like oh okay i see how charlie approaches a problem and problem solves but when it comes to the end of the semester and it needs to be like, okay, she got a B, if it's really subjective like that, whether the teacher likes you, whether she solves problems in the same way as you, could hurt your grade. Um, and everyone's so obsessed with grades and getting into college and stuff that I think that's what makes it tricky. Yeah. Um, maybe I think it would also be cool if there was like a, um, like a riddle problem but it's not a riddle with like one answer. Mm, of even, like if you came up with something that satisfied the yeah, conditions you, but wasn't what they thought. Yeah, even if like you're like if you don't know the answer, you also could like kind of like in Harry Potter, I'm trying to think about this. But um in Harry Potter there's this um the Ravenclaw door to the common room mm-hmm. asks you like a question. And even if you don't know the question, you can, like, talk and kind of, like, show that you've thought about the question. You, okay. You can show that you've, like, actually, like, put, like, thought into it and you're not just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If you answered that with just, yeah, if there was a riddle and you just went, like, mm, I don't know, or seven, it'd be like, okay, you didn't give any thought. But even if you didn't get to the full answer, but you went like, through your thought process. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I like that. I kind of remember, like, the thing I was thinking about is, like, in Harry Potter, there's like one of the riddles to the um, Ravenclaw common room thing was what happens to objects when they are like disappeared or whatever. Mm. And um, there was like multiple answers that you could answer. And McGonagall answered, it goes into non-being. Mm. And there's like multiple like answers to it. So you could be like the technical textbook answer, which is like it goes into a special realm, which is called like blah yeah. blah blah um named after blah 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 or like you could just be like it goes into non-being and you could just talk your way through it and mm-hmm. show that you've thought about it a little bit yeah. and that's interesting i like that idea a lot <coughs> okay sorry for the cough um 
Oh, one of the other scenes that I thought was really cool was Grover finds Pan. Yeah. And Pan is not what I thought he was going to be. What did you What did you think about that whole scene? Mm, I was kind of like, I was kind of, he kind of was what I was expecting him to be. Yeah, you kinda thought like, like old and shriveled and... Yeah, honestly. I mean, he was like, he was like in hiding and like people thought he was dead and he's like really old, so I don't know. That's true, I suppose. Um, what did you think about the commentary there? So like Pan is dying. He says like, there's not enough true wilds in the world anymore. And he's basically piecing out like, I'm going to die. But like, it's on all of you to carry my spirit forward. Like, what was, what were your thoughts on that? I was kind of like, that's not very fair. They're just like, he didn't even ask, will you carry on? Mm -hmm. They're just like, you are going to carry on my spirit now. But, I mean, Grover was kind of like, he said, like, Grover, like, was the only, like, worthy one. Or... Yeah. Well, and, like, so Pan stands for, like, the environment, too. And I, I like the message oh, yeah. of, like, you're each, you're each responsible in your own small way for taking care of me or taking my spirit, which is, you know, kind of environmentalism. Um, and there was also when Percy was on Calypso, you know, she asked him to plant a garden for him. Um, so there's kind of a little bit of a theme of like respect for nature type stuff that I feel like still, when was this book written? Do you know? Um, no. It had to be years ago. Cause there's like, no, I think like somewhere in like late, under 2000, late nineties, early two thousands, yeah. maybe. Okay. Could search it out. Yeah. So, I mean, that was an issue back then and it continues to be an issue now. And I, I like that message of, um, that it's not some, some God of environment is going to save you, but like each of us individually should do whatever we can in any small way mm -hmm. to take care of the nature that's around us and appreciate it. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. So Rachel Elizabeth Dare is a big character in this book and she is full on just a person, like yeah. a mortal person. I like that. Yeah. I liked it too. Of like, it was like, it like you can like relate to it and like, um, it's like in the other things, you're like, oh, well, they're demigods, so. Yeah, they have really... powers and they can heal from, from what is it, ambrosia and yeah. whatever, and nectar. Um, but yeah, like she's a full on, just normal person who is doing her best, um, but she does have the power that she can see through the mist. Yeah. Which is funny that she can see through the mist better even than Percy and Annabeth. So, like, that's an interesting thing that these half gods mm -hmm. can't see through the mist mm -hmm. i mean they are still half mortal yeah but like and um in this like there was like a thought that percy had when she when he realized that she could see through the mist she was like he also realized that it was weird how his mom could also see through the mist yeah that's a good point i think it might be like like Everyone has the potential to see through the mist, I guess. Mm. And some people are, like, just born being, like, just, like, can. Don't even have to, like, have the potential to do it. But, like, maybe, like, after um, Sally Jackson. Is it her name, I think? Okay. The Sally mom. Jackson, like, found out that, um, Percy, uh, that, um, Sidon is a god. She could, like, see through the mist then. Okay. Do you think there is some real life corollary to that like some people 
are like psychic and can talk to ghosts or see things that like others can't? You don't, no. You don't believe in any of that? No. Okay. I don't think. All right. Psychics just try to trick people. In well, I think the, grieving people into I would wanting say, to talk to their family. I would say the 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 big ones that are like money connected for sure. I you know there's something that's called cold reading where you basically oh, yeah. it's like a trick of like magicians can do it and they learn how to do it. Yeah, to like, like manipulate people. They're like you had a dog when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Does someone here have a dog? I'm sensing something with the letter M. A man with the letter M, and then someone's like, my dad's name was Michael. That's how they sound too. What are you talking to Michael? It's my dad. Um, You're the dog. So do you? Okay, so like like people who aren't making money off it. Do you think anyone has that ability? That there's anything out there? I don't think that all psychics are like trying to fool people. Mm -hmm. I think some people honestly think that they can. Okay. But they're wrong. Okay. But they're wrong. They can't. That's if if you're a psychic listening to this. Well, you're not a psychic because psychics are real. <laughs> you're so skeptical. I don't even. Th- I don't think I agree. I think some people have a connection to something bigger that they. What's that? Like, like to God? Yeah, I think to God and to like the energy that's all around us. And I, I, you know, I honestly think there are probably people who can like see something more than we're seeing, whether that's like physically, like auras, or like someone who can sense something and they're in tune with their energy enough to like basically an extra sense that we haven't identified that if you're closed off to the idea of it, you definitely won't experience because your mind still interacts with your spirit so much. I, I think there might be something there, but I don't know. Like I've never, are you saying like some people like if they like focus on only that, they can like see how people are feeling or, mm-hmm. or if they're just open to something else. You know, like if you're truly, truly open to it and you calm your mind enough that you can experience something beyond the normal five senses that most people go through life with. That's that's my feeling for it. I don't I don't personally have knowledge of that. But like I like to I like to hope I like to think that there's something for some reason. I just thought of like the people who are like soul transfer things where they're like, if you concentrate hard enough, you can transfer your soul to a wanted um, multiverse where you have everything you want. <laughs> Again, I think you're going to the charlatans and the pitchmen, but but I mean, there are like there are there are like monks who've meditated for a long time who have been proven that they can change their body temperature by thought. And there was a study on the influence of thought and prayer on water that changed the crystal structure of the snowflakes it formed. Like, so there's, there's a little bit of scientific evidence that like thought and, uh, presence and perception can change physical matter. And we, you know, if you would have, if you would have said 200 years ago that there's, and you try to describe like DNA and pathogens and molecules, people would have been like, that's some out there spacey stuff. And now we can prove it. So I don't know, maybe in 200 years, there'll be proof for, extra senses and mm-hmm. beings and whatever. I don't know. I feel like my grandkids are going to be like, Grandma, they just found out that vampires are and soul transferring are real. And I'm like, no, they're not, no, you they're stupid not. little children. I like how you become Southern <laughs> and you're, uh, you're going to move to the South at some point in your life. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Um, let's talk about Daedalus. So you mentioned them earlier that they need mm-hmm. to get to the center of the labyrinth mm-hmm. and meet Daedalus and find the thread, 
which turns out they didn't really need because uh, Rachel Dare can see through the mist and see, you know, the path anyway. Um, but they eventually do get to Daedalus, but along the way, they also share some stories. And not the nicest guy through his life. No. He threw his... Um, nephew? Nephew in the, in the sky. Yeah. And, and his mistake cost his kid his life. Well, that wasn't really on him. He told him not to fly so high, but... Um, yeah, that's not... But also an interesting thing about him is he's like 2,000 years old and has cheated death with inventions and hiding which I thought was kind of crazy. Can you turn your volume a little bit down? Yeah. It's kind of loud in my ears. Sorry. I think that one's me. Is that better? Yes. So what's your what's your take on Daedalus? Good guy, bad guy? Bad guy. Is that bad guy? Even through the end when he like did sacrificial stuff? Um, I think that was good, but like still, he's just a bad guy. He um, threw his freaking nephew into the... Sky. So you don't think people... So, like, I, I think he's a story of, like, transformation and change of... So in the end, he does the right thing to help Percy and, and everyone. Um, but you don't think, like, that outweighs or forgives the things he's done earlier? I... I don't think it forgives the thing he's done. Mm -hmm. But I think he's changed. Like... He's changed into a better person. I do think he's a better person, but I don't. I still don't think it's forgiven the things that he's done. Okay. Who do you think? Who has the right to forgive that? So, like, you're saying, like, as a society, we shouldn't forgive what he's done, but like, so he does. In the end, he dies, and then he goes and faces his judgment, and he becomes an overpass builder in Hades or something like that. Isn't that what they said? But like, so if he sees. If he sees his nephew there, and his nephew it's forgives like, him, um, like as a person on the outside, would you be like, "All right, I'll I'll trust him now," or do you go like, "No, you did some bad stuff six hundred years ago." You're so if he if his nephew like truly forgave him, I also think like Athena needs to forgive him too because like he oh yeah I forgot what he did to Fender, but. Yeah, there was yeah, there was something in there. I can't remember either, but I, I Oh yeah, it's his Athena's his mom. So he's like I don't know how she was punishing him, but I'm pretty sure she was punishing him. So I think for throwing his nephew into the sky. Mm-hmm. Um But anyway, I think he's like I think she needs to forgive him. Sounds weird, but Hades needs to forgive him because he's been, like, cheating death. That's true. Yeah. For, like, how long? 2,000 years? Yeah, something like that. I think it's a couple thousand. Um, I wouldn't want to live for 2,000 years, honestly. Yeah, that's a good... It's like all your relatives would die. Yeah, and he had but so he's... much death in his life already, like, I, you know, but I think that's a, that's a testament to how miserable and selfish he was. Mm -hmm. Is if you are so selfish that when your nephew might be smarter than you, you kill him, you're probably the same kind of selfish that would go like, I'm the most important thing. I need to stay alive for as long as I can. Also, he was worried that if he died, um, the king that he betrayed or whatever would be waiting for him to punish him. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So I like that point, I guess, makes a little mm -hmm. sense of like, if you know death means eternal torture because someone's got a grudge against you, then... Yeah, you might want to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that a little bit. 
Um, so where does this book rank for you among the four you've read? Um, I think... Cuddy's really scaring me. He's like wrapping his tail around that cord. Um, I think it's um, number one out of the four. And I think two is the third one. Um, and then three is the first one, and four is the second one. I don't really like the second one. You didn't like the second one? Nah. Okay. I mean, I liked it, but it's just my least favorite. Which one was the second one again? I forget what. Sea of Monsters. Sea of Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. There was, there was a little too much, um. Action? No. The the action was a bit, and the, um, who was the main girl, uh, Aries, or not? Yeah. Clarice. Clarice, yeah. I don't, I don't love a lot of the scenes with her so so i would agree that's probably my least favorite of them um and one has the same problem i think that you have with harry potter that like there's a little too much exposition of like explaining the whole thing and if you already get the concept going into it because you've seen the movies like there's just a lot of like what oh my god like so i like this one that i think this one might be my favorite too kind of jump right into the action Mm -hmm. um any other things you want to talk about in this one? Um. How about the tension between Annabeth and Rachel, and also the tension between Percy and Annabeth around the subject of Luke? Um, I think Annabeth is overreacting about the Rachel thing. Literally just a friend, mm. in my opinion. Um, and the Luke thing, I think she's just like... Still, like, Percy's like, you need... I think Percy's is being a little bit harsh about Luke. Like, he was, like, a really good friend to her. And she's just, like, still has, like, a back part in the back of her mind. She's, like, she knows that he's not going to come back to the good side. But, like, mm-hmm. she's just, like, I. there's, like, a tiny bit of hope. Yeah, she still cares for him a lot. And that, like, a little part of hope can, like, kind of lead to being, like... A little salty if anyone, like, talks poorly. Yeah, I mean, I I get that of, like, even if you know your friend did something wrong, but you know you've seen their good side, when everyone else has only seen their bad side and they go, like, oh, that's a bad person, and you go, like, no, I I know what they did to you is bad, but I know, like, deep down there's something good in them. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's a tricky thing with with Percy and Annabeth and and Rachel is I feel like there is, you know, given the age, there's kind of like a a hint of romance there. Mm -hmm. And I think Percy likes Annabeth and I think he could like Rachel, but he's kind of stuck between, well, I don't even know if Annabeth really likes me because she seems to still like Luke, Mm -hmm. but also she's mad at me for liking Rachel at all. So like that's that tricky, that tricky thing that kind of happens with like middle school to early high school relationships mm-hmm. of like, do you even like me? I'm going to go like this person. Now you're mad at me. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Do you have any stuff like that happen in middle school yet? Or no, no, it's coming. It's unfortunate, but it's life. Well, You'll get through it. How long is this? Uh, episode? Uh, I got to edit a minute or two out for when Ty was making noise upstairs, but yeah. uh, we're, we're about a half um, hour. You don't know. You guys don't know about that. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. You want to wrap it up, or you got any other stuff? Um, no, not really. I think it was really good. 
Yeah, cool. Well, we'll see how long it takes us to read book five, and, and we'll be back with that when we're done. Yeah. Awesome. I almost said amen. Amen. This <laughs> amen. whole thing was a prayer. <laughs> yeah, it was a prayer. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>